Well, today's a very special day. Last day of our series, Upper Hand, Winning in the Waiting. How to win while you're waiting. And I saved the best for last. I'm just telling you, save the best for last. It's Young Communicators Weekend, and it's gonna be powerful. We do this every year. And, um, and usually what we do is we have a different communicator at every campus, at every service. And so this year we changed it up a little bit in light of everything going on. And we have four communicators that are gonna bring the word of God to you today. And listen to me, some of you are like, oh, this will be cute. It's not cute. They're powerful. They've got a word from God for you. They, they just don't have a nice little talk. They've heard from heaven and they're gonna deliver what God has said to them, each of them unique, each of them in their own way, and just the, the gift that they bring today. And so I wanna, I wanna introduce everybody to you. First, to my left is Nia Henley. She's a part of LifePoint students. And um, next is Dakari Rollins. Dakari's a LifePoint graduate. Hello, LifePoint College. Graduated from the college and he's on the, leads the student, the kids team, I'm sorry, at our Spotsy campus. Mary Beth Combs is also a LifePoint graduate. Come on, may have strategically done that little plug for LifePoint College. And uh, Mary Beth is also joining the Louisville team. What's up everybody in Louisville? She'll be moving to Louisville, joining that team. Then Gerald Hackett is at our King George campus. He's campus director and on the student team. And he's the young one in the crowd today, right now. But we're excited to have, so each of them is gonna share what God has put on their heart. And I tell you, I took notes in the earlier service, I wanna encourage you to get out pen, paper, your phone, whatever you need to, lean into God's word today. I promise you, if you'll open your heart and your mind, that God will speak a word into you. And I'm telling you, what they have to share, I promise you, you need. I promise you, you need. And um, so we're gonna kick off with Nia Henley. So we have a few people spread out distancing in the auditorium. And uh, right there at home, I want you to put your hands together and welcome this crowd as they share God's word. Let's go, Nia. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. Um, Pastor already introduced me, but I am Nia Henley and I'm a LifePoint student here. But first and foremost, I just wanna give honor where honor is due, which is to Pastor Daniel and Pastor Tammy. I just wanna thank you guys for this opportunity. It truly means a lot. And um, Pastor Daniel, this, mo this month in March, not this month, March, um, at a movement night, I spoke for the first time and Pastor Daniel heard, heard me speak and he told me this. He said that you could be up here on the stage speaking at a Young Communicators and here I am today. So I just wanna thank you for having that faith and belief in me and all of us. So on behalf of all the Young Communicators, thank both of you guys for this opportunity. Um, also, thank you to the students team and students pastors for helping me, but this ain't the Grammys, so I'm gonna get on with my message. Um, I wanna start off by sharing a story with you that can be found in Mark chapter four, and it's a story of Jesus and a few of his disciples, and they're trying to get to the other side of the sea. So they hop in this boat, Jesus, a few disciples, trying to get to the other side of the sea, in a boat, Jesus is asleep. Um, everything's okay, everything's cool, and then all of a sudden, they find themselves in this storm. So everything was okay, everything was cool, now they're in the middle of a storm. And I'm not just talking about any storm, like mother nature is going crazy, it's ballistic. Winds blowing, waves crashing against the boat, it's crazy. Now if I'm one of those disciples, I'm like, oh my goodness, where's Jesus? First of all, we need to establish that, where's Jesus? Because I know it's a stereotype that black people can't swim, but this one, she can't swim. So I'm like, where's Jesus? Because we're not going out like this. So they, the disciples are flustered, scared. They run down to Jesus. Teacher, don't you care that we might die? They wake him up. Jesus gets up, rebukes the wind and the waves, saying silence, be still. Three words, 
and everything listens. Everything calms, storms, winds, waves, they all listen to Jesus. Now, two things I notice in this story that I want you to understand is that one, Jesus had authority even over the wind and the waves. And two, Jesus exercises authority by speaking the word of God. Now, I first experienced this when I was around nine years old, right? I was, um, looking for this shoe. I lost just one shoe, not a pair, just one. I would never understand how you can do that, but I did it. So I was looking for this shoe, and at this point, I'm frustrated. I'm already having a bad day, and then I lost my shoe. So I'm like, ripping through my room, everything's a mess, I'm just trying to find the shoe. So my grandmommy walks in the room, and she looks at me, she's like, what's going on? What is all this commotion? What are you looking for? What's happening? And so I tell her, I'm like, I lost my shoe. At this point, I'm so frustrated, I'm, I'm about to cry. So I'm like, I lost my shoe. I don't know where it is. I can't find it. It's gone. And then she tells me, well, if you keep speaking that over yourself, you're not going to find your shoe. And then she proceeds to tell me, did you even pray about it? Now, in this moment, what I'm thinking is, girl, mommy, I don't need another spiritual biblical lesson. Like, I need practicality. When was the last time you saw my shoe? That's what's going to help me. But of course, I don't say that because I was trying to keep my light that day. So what I do say is, okay, girl, mommy, I'll pray. You know, I'm like, okay. My back of my head, you know what I'm saying? So I, I begin to speak. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I find my shoe and I begin to pray. And I found that shoe. But that's not the point. See, just like that story of Jesus and the disciples, what I understood was that I had authority over my circumstance too, and that I could exercise my authority by speaking the word of God. And don't just take my word for it. Jesus says this in Luke 10, 19, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy. And then he says this in Luke 9, 1, summoning the 12, which are the 12 disciples. And whenever he's speaking to the disciples, he's also speaking to you. He says, summoning the 12 so summoning you I have given you power and authority to cure all sickness and disease and then this is what Jesus says about exercising authority in Proverbs 18 21 death and life are in the power of the tongue meaning that I can speak to my situation I can speak to my circumstance and bring life or death and I just feel that there's someone today who needs to bring a little bit of life to your situation you've been dead a little too long and you need to bring some life and you do that by speaking there's authority in your speech and power in your words listen I stand on this stage before you a 15 year old girl who just finished her freshman year of high school and under normal circumstances I'm not qualified and I don't have enough life experience and yes I'm a little insecure sometimes but when I was writing this message I had to take hold of those thoughts and speak to my situation about my God that he says I am fearfully and wonderfully made that I am made in the image of God and that I do have a mind like Christ and I don't know who I'm speaking to today but you need to hear this you've been feeling a little lonely but what you need to tell your loneliness is that God will never leave me nor forsake me but he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and you've been feeling a little insecure and doubting your self-worth but what you need to know is that the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and that I'm made in the image of God and you're feeling a little anxious maybe a little fearful and you need to look your fear in the eye and tell it this is what my Bible says this is what my God says my God says he has not given me a spirit of fear but of power love and sound mind and I just feel that there's a mother at home right now crying for her babies and what you need to know is that you've got some fight in you that Jesus has given you some authority that you can get up and speak to your situation and so maybe I didn't hit on your situation today but here's what you need to know that no matter what you're going through you have authority and you can exercise your authority by speaking the word of God
What's up, everybody? If I haven't had the honor and pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Dakari Rollins, and I have the pleasure of being our Kids Point Director at our Spotsy Campus, and I'm excited to share a word with everybody today, so I'm gonna get right into it. So let's go back to March, right? March before all the corona and all the craziness in the world that's going on happened, and around this time for me, I just started working out again. And for me, I'm one of those people that's like, you know what, I can work out today, I'm not gonna work out again for three months. I'll be good, right? And so I do this and I get in this cycle where I'm constantly doing that workout for a day. Uh, three months later, I'm working out again for another day. And so this particular time though, I was so excited to work out because I wanted to start to see some change in how I was feeling, how I was looking. Like I really wanted to look like Gerald back here. Look at this man. Come on, he, he's, he's in the gym every day. Come on, somebody. And so I was particularly excited about this day because this day was arm day. And all I work on is arms. I don't do no legs. So I was, try I, hey, I was trying to get them gains. Come on, somebody. And so I was going to the gym. And as I reached for the handle of the door, I looked up. And I noticed on the door there was a sign. And it said this, we are closed. Whew. I'm not going to lie. I was very frustrated because I woke up at 4.30 this morning. I had my outfit laid out and everything. But here's the issue. You see, for a lot of us in this season, We've wanted some opportunities and we wanted to see some things change in our life, but a door's been closed in front of us. You see, maybe for some of you, you are looking forward to graduating high school. You're ready to walk across that stage and get your diploma and be like, you know what? I finally did it. I finally made it. But then Corona hit and you couldn't do that anymore. And that door got closed. Or maybe for you today, you were so excited, so excited to get a promotion at your job and see something change in the way that you were working. But then you got a call and it said, hey, we're going to have to let you go door closed. Or maybe you were looking for so long, for years and years and years, struggling and struggling with the same addiction, trying to put the bottle down, trying not to search up those things that you're not supposed to be looking on your computer. And for the first time in your life, you thought you were making progress and then you got isolated and fell right back into the thing that you thought you were going to get out of. And the door of freedom looked like it was closed for you. Well, I want to let you know something today that God's miracles aren't closed, that God's faithfulness isn't closed, that God's goodness isn't closed, that the unity of the God above the God Almighty is not closed off to you today. So whatever it is that you're looking for in this season, whatever it is that you're seeking in this season, you can have it. Why? Because the, uh, my God has promised it to us. Our God has promised us. He is the God Almighty. And no matter what problem we face, we can have the promise we're looking for. So this is what you got to do in this season. You got two choices you can make. We can either look at our problem and let it get the best of us, or we can focus on the promises of God. I want to tell you about a little story today. It's a story of these people called the Israelites. And you see the Israelites, they, they had just got free from slavery after being hundreds of years in slavery. And they're going to the land of promise, the promised land, the land of Canaan that God wanted to give to them. And they're standing there, they're looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the thing that I've been looking for. This is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting to graduate. I've been waiting to get a promotion. I've been waiting for freedom. And so what they had to do to make sure there was nothing wrong is they sent in 10 people, 10 spies to check out the land. And so they send these 10 people in and they come back with a report and eight of them are like, yeah, it's, it's got everything that we, wa we wanted to have. It's, got, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's great. But you see, there were some people in this land already and they weren't just normal people. You see, these were giants and they weren't just giants, but they looked at them as insects, as the word says. And you see, the eight of these spies came back and said, you know what? They're too great for us. There's no way we can beat them. There's no way we can get past them. They're too great to conquer. They're too strong for us. And so they spread this bad report amongst all the rest of the Israelite nation and told them there's no way that they could get the thing that God promised them. But here's the important part. 
is this, is that there was two people in this story that are very crucial. Their names are Caleb and Joseph. And you see, Caleb and Joseph were two of the spies that went into the land just like all the other spies did. But they didn't see the problem. They remembered that if it's the promised land, and since it's the promised land, that means it's promised to them. And so no matter what was standing in front of them in their season, no matter what problem was in front of them and it looked too big, it looked too great, they had to remind their problem that their God is greater, that their God is better, that their God is stronger. And it doesn't matter what they face in this season, the freedom they're looking for, they can have. Why? Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. And the peace they're looking for, they can have because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding is theirs. And so this is what we've got to do today. We've got to look our problem in the face and say, you know what? You might be in my way, but my promise of my God is greater. And you might have walked into this season with a problem, but I'm telling you, you're going to leave with the promise. Come on, somebody. So this is what we've got to do today. We can either focus on our problem, let it get the best of us, or we can focus on the promises of God. So what are we going to do? Are we going to focus on the problem? Or are we going to focus on the promise? Hey everyone, my name is Mary Beth Combs and I'm a LifePoint College graduate. So I work at Chick-fil-A and the other day while I was at Chick-fil-A, I was cutting down these boxes and a coworker came by and we got a little distracted talking and when I went to go back and continue cutting down my boxes, I realized that the blade on my knife was gone, like it was just gone. So initially I started panicking a little bit because this wasn't any old blade, but this was a sharp new blade. And, and we looked around for it and we couldn't find it anywhere. And when I looked back and I looked at my boxes, I found the blade sticking upright in the boxes. And if I hadn't have taken that time to look for that lost blade, it could have been really dangerous for myself or the people around me. And this got me thinking to the different things that we have lost in this season. And just like my blade, unless we take time to look for those lost things, we're walking around empty when God has called us to be full. And let me tell you, that is very dangerous. And loss looks different for each of us. For me, it was the loss of a graduation. It was the loss of a mission trip that I've been looking forward to for so long. But it, it, those things, you may be able to relate to those things. But for some of you, it could be the loss of a wedding or maybe the loss of a vacation, or maybe it's the loss of time. Maybe it's the loss of peace in your home, or maybe it's the loss of a loved one. We have all lost things in this season, but I have to ask you, have you taken those things to God? And, and it, it, it wasn't until, or I actually, I read a passage this week in Psalms 102, and this man, we don't know this man, we don't know this man's name, but what we do know about this man is that he had lost everything. His entire kingdom was in ruins. He had nothing left. And it says in Psalms 102, verses five through six, I am nothing but skin and bones. I am nothing but whispered groans. I am depressed, lonely, forgotten, and abandoned. How many of us in this season feel depressed, lonely, forgotten? And abandoned. And, and it wasn't until after I read this passage that I realized in my own life I didn't process the things that I had lost. And the big difference between myself and this man is that this man told God the things that he had lost because he knew that his God could handle his sorrows. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but your God can handle your sorrows. And the first thing you have to do is you have to process your loss. For me, what that looked like 
was verbally speaking out and naming all the things that I had lost in this season. For you, it may be speaking out the things you've lost or maybe it's journaling it or writing it down. And honestly, all this is, is praying to God in different ways. And in those moments, when you're completely vulnerable in front of God, those are the moments that you're gonna feel his presence the most. And, and when, I was, when I was telling God about all the things that I had lost, I, was, I wanted to ask him why, but I was scared to ask him why. But God wanted me to ask him why, and he wants you to ask him why too. And if there's anything I've learned in this season is that just because you ask God why does not mean you're not believing that he won't turn it to good. Because I believe in a God who will turn beauty from ashes. And the same God who looked at a blind man and said, see, is looking at you and is fighting for your battles. And the same God who looked at a lame man and told him to rise and walk is calling you to rise and walk. Keep going, keep praying, God wants to hear you. And, and, and after I had finished processing the things I lost with God, my immediate reaction was to praise him. Not because I had to, but because I wanted to. He began revealing to me all the blessings he had given me in my life. And honestly, the, the thought of his name had me sobbing in my car, but it was a good kind of cry if you know what I mean. And, and what I think is so amazing is, is after I had processed my loss, my immediate reaction was to praise God. And the same is for this man in Psalms. If you jump down in that chapter to verse 12, it says, he says, he's saying to God, but then I remembered that you, O oh Lord, still sit throned as king over all. So after you process your loss, allow yourself to praise your God, to, to get on your knees, to cry, worship your heavenly father because he is still king over all and know your why. I know I worship my God because like it says in Psalm 62, six, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and in him I will not be shaken. So I encourage you guys to take some time this week to process the things you've lost but also to praise your God who is king over all because that same God who rose from the dead, he loves you and he wants you to know that he is here for you. Good morning. I was glad when they said unto me, come, let us go into the house of the Lord and I'm excited to be in the house of God today. This is Pentecost Sunday, let's go. Hey, if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is Gerald Hackett. I get the honor of being our campus director at our King George location. King George, what's up? Love you guys. Um, I also get an opportunity to work with our student team. Speaking of our student team, back in November, we decided we're gonna have an offsite meeting. Then we're gonna go play basketball. Guys, you have to understand, I'm excited about this. I'm the old guy in the room. I got a little chip on my shoulder and I'm excited to go play ball. When we get there to play basketball, they pick teams, me and Ethan Shockley end up on the same team, kind of looking just like this, like let's go get that work. <laughs> and so it's the last point, last game. Guys, you have to understand, this is my moment. I'm gonna shoot the ball, I'm gonna score, I'm gonna walk off the court, but this is the part. At dinner, I'm gonna talk big trash, right? And so my man's taking the ball out, I go to pivot to turn back and get the ball, one step, two, and then bang, I hear this loud noise, I can feel the pain, and I know I've ruptured my Achilles. But guys, before I can even process it, here comes TJ Williams, shout out our Spotsy location, runs over, grabs my ankle, and guys, he proceeds to call heaven down. And why TJ was praying for healing over my ankle, what he didn't know is that he was ministering to my soul. See guys, I would love to tell you that I left the court that day with so much faith, ready to attack this unknown season. 
But the truth is, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the pain that I would feel that night that would wake me up out of my sleep and that would proceed into the coming days and on into the coming weeks. See guys, I wasn't prepared for my three-year-old to want to be on the floor telling me, dad, come play with me and I'm confined to the couch because of a cast. See guys, I, I wasn't prepared for the tension that would happen between me and my wife because not only that three-year-old, but we got a six-month-old and now all our responsibilities at home have pushed on to her. See guys, I wasn't prepared as a personal trainer to go into the gym and not be able to bring that level of excitement and enthusiasm to the gym because the thing that I love most has been taken away from me. See, I would love to tell you that everything was okay, but one day everything was normal and then it got flipped upside down. And when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about you that I'm looking at in this camera and you that are in this room, how one day everything was normal and they got flipped upside down. One day you were in an office working and now you're at home working and teaching kids <laughs> and you wasn't prepared as that business owner for your business to close or as an employee to lose your job and your financial situation get turned upside down. See, you weren't prepared as that husband, as that wife to have tension in your home and your spouse look at you and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't fight. And you wasn't prepared to lose that loved one and you not be there to say goodbye. And guys, understand, I know that pain. I know that frustration. I found myself there like, God, do you even see me? Do you even care what I'm going through? And it was in that moment that he reminded me of a scripture that he had given me in Romans chapter five, verse three. And the apostle Paul is writing a letter and he says, we rejoice in our suffering. And I remember reading it like, no, we don't, Paul. We pray suffering away. I don't wanna deal with this. I don't wanna go through this. And you're probably looking at me like, Gerald, you and the apostle Paul, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the pain that I feel in my house, the pressure that I'm up against. And guys, listen, I know but it was that next part that set me free. He says, suffering produced an endurance. And I thought about when I was a runner, how I would be miles upon miles into my run. My feet are killing me. My knees are hurting. My hips are hurting. I want to quit. I want to give up. And something will whisper on the inside of me, keep pushing, keep going, keep fighting. And guys, listen, if I ruptured my Achilles in November to stand on this stage in May and tell you to keep pushing, to keep going, to keep fighting. The Apostle Paul would write in Ephesians, he would say, after you've done all you can to stand, stand therefore, and I'm looking at you in the spirit and telling you to stand up tall, roll your shoulders back, stick your chest out and look at your situation and remind your situation of who your God is. Somebody should yell push, push. In Hebrews chapter four, verse 16, it says, because of Jesus, because of our Lord, because of our Savior, we can go boldly to the throne of grace and find grace and mercy in our time of need. And I hear the Spirit saying, do you need mercy? Ask me for it. I got it. Do you need grace? Ask me for it. I got it. The Bible says that our God is rich in grace and in mercy and lies. Look at me. If you want to win in the waiting, don't quit. Keep fighting. Keep believing, get a push in your spirit. Look, just like my Achilles injury, everything that you're going through has purpose. Believe it, 
Amen. So good. So good. I may just take off the next couple months and give each of them a couple of Sundays of their own. I love that. I just, every word, I feel like just one lined up upon the other. Love what Nia had to say. You've got authority. You can forget that sometimes. I forget that sometimes. I need to be reminded of that today. I need to speak the word of God over my situation. Love what Dakari said. It's all about your perspective. You can, you can look at the problem or you can look at the promise. It's all about what do you want to focus on? It's the way you're going to lead out. Mary Beth, such a incredible thing. People do need to, I think sometimes we don't know we can bring it to God. He's not afraid. Not afraid for us to process. I love that. I love that too because I think it's so authentic because um, people need to know, no doubt, you sat in your car and just cried thinking about Jesus. That's the heart you have. I love that. Gerald, I just, come on, get a push in your spirit. Something does, you need to get a little like stiff in the spine. Y'all couldn't hear it through the camera, but it sounded like a rock when he was hitting his abs. Doesn't work that way with mine. But you need to win while you're waiting. And here's what I found out. It's really hard to win while you're waiting if you're not anchored to something solid. And I'm concerned for some of you that maybe in this season, you've kind of been tossed all around. The Bible says that you're tossed around wherever the wind blows. And could it be because you've never anchored your life to something that is secure? See, I found that you can't anchor your life to your bank account. You can't anchor your life to relationships. They're good and needed. But you've got to anchor your life to something that is deeper, that is more secure, that is more eternal. And I would propose that's the person of Jesus Christ. And see, the reason that we're blown around so easily when the storms of life hit, Nia talked about a storm. And those storms hit, and man, so many people have had storms in this season. And the reason we get blown around is because we're not anchored. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about if you have church attendance or you went to a Bible study or you had some experience, took communion. You've got, I'm, I'm talking about, do you have a personal relation, something that anchors your soul? You can have joy in the middle of a storm, that you can have peace in the middle of a storm, that you can have confidence that your God is well able in the middle of a storm. And if you don't have that, I want to invite you to receive that today. The greatest gift that you could ever give is the gift Jesus gave. It's the forgiveness of sin. See, the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've come up short. It says the wages of those sin is death. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life. It's a gift. Some of you have been trying to earn the gift God wants to give you. Today's your day to stop striving, start receiving. It says the way we receive that gift is we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. In other words, we believe that the resurrection took place. Because see, the resurrection proves that he is who he said he was the Son of God with the power to take away the sin of the world. And we confess Him as Lord as our mouth, and with our mouth. In other words, we're saying, God, I'm done calling the shots on my life. I've tried it my way, and I would just ask you, how has your way worked out for you? Say, I'm done calling the shots. I'm willing to surrender. I want to invite you to surrender today. I want to invite you to receive this free gift. If you would bow your head and close your eyes if you're able to. 
no matter where you're watching from today, I want to lead you in a prayer that just makes that confession to God. It's nothing magical in the prayer. We're just doing what the Bible said. It said, I believe in my heart. I'm going to confess with our mouth. This is our confession. And so if that's you today, you know, you'd say, Pastor, I know that I'm far from God. I need this. I want to invite you to pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe that you got what Nicodemus asked Jesus. He said, what do I gotta do to be born again? In other words, how do I get a brand new start? And we believe you got that today. And we believe all of heaven is rejoicing according to the Bible. And we wanna rejoice with you. We wanna, we wanna cheer you on. We wanna champion you in this journey of faith. And I wrote a book a little while ago called Fully Alive. And it's all about how to live this Christian life. And I wanna get a copy of it into your hands today. So if you would simply do this, all you gotta do is text this number, 94000-94000. And the keyword is LCS. Just type LCS all together in and you hit send and we will get you information on how we can get that to you. I want you to do that right now. Just take a moment right now. We want to know that hundreds of people during this quarantine season have made that decision. And we want to celebrate with you, but we also want to help you move forward in your faith. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also want to encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.